0: Please take your Bibles and turn with me now to the book of Ecclesiastes is where we're going to start this morning, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, today is the last day in our message series. It's just been a quick little six-week summer series, Lord, make my life count. Uh, we've looked at a variety of topics over these last six weeks, including work, rest, and faith, and then prayers, money, and today uh, we come to our final topic, which is Time, time, how do we make our time count? And if you follow the biblical principles that we've looked at in each of these areas, uh, I can guarantee you will indeed make your life count both for now and for eternity. And if you missed any of the Sundays, if you want to go back and, and, uh, and catch up in any of those messages, you can listen to previous messages on our church website Or you can view them uh, on YouTube if you go to the church YouTube channel. Uh, If you prefer to read the messages, we also put the the full manuscript and transcript of the message out each week. Uh, In fact, in your worship guide, there's an outline of the message today. And if you look at the bottom, there's a link to all of the messages in the series. So if you want to go back and review or catch up on a missed uh, message, we would encourage you to do that. But right now, we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and making your time count. Please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we look at this very important subject of time this morning, Lord, we just open our hearts to you now. and We ask that you would teach us through your Holy Spirit, through your Holy Word, how we can make better use of our time uh, for you and for your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. You know, time is an interesting concept. Before God created the heavens and the earth, there was no time. God is eternal, and therefore he is outside of time. And yet God entered time when Jesus took on human flesh and was born into our world as a baby. We like to think that we are masters of time. We even have atomic clock these days where we can measure time out precisely to the nanosecond. But we don't really understand time. There are Times when time seems to go rushing by, and then there's other times when the clock seems to stand still. there are those times when we're very much aware of time, such as when we're working on a project with a deadline and racing against the clock and fighting against time. And then there are those wonderful times when we take off our watches. We just enjoy a day of leisure and rest, and you know what? You hardly even notice the time passing at all. It's on days like that when I take off my watch, I say, yep, these are the handcuffs of time right here. Time to be be freed and loosed from that. Benjamin Franklin wrote, Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for time is the stuff life is made of. And so today I want us to look at three biblical principles that will help you with this thing called time that will help you to make your time count. Because when you make your time count, you make your life count. Because time is the stuff life is made of. Once again, there is an outline in your worship guide. I encourage you to take that out. We'll help you as you follow along on the message together. So principle number one this morning. Your days are numbered, so number your days. Psalm 90.12 says, Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Your days are numbered, so number your days. And what we mean by this principle is simply that time is limited. There are only so many hours in the day, and there are only so many days in your life. Time is a limited resource, and so, as with all limited resources, you need to treat it with care if you are going to make your time count. First of all, there are only so many hours in the day. Last time I checked, there were only 24. I don't think that's changed, right? That's by God's design. When God created the world, He created the earth, the sun, the moon, And the stars, he created the earth to spin as it revolves around the sun. And very early on in human history, uh, we learned how to trace the movements of the sun across the sky and how to measure time throughout the day. We have 24 hours each day to work, sleep, rest, and play, to worship and pray, to take care of business, to enjoy family and friends and to pursue our personal projects. And what is fascinating to consider is that each of us gets the same amount of time as each other each day. You ever thought about that? It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are, doesn't matter how old you are, how young, doesn't matter what continent you live on, doesn't matter whether you live in the city or in the country, each person on planet Earth gets the exact same amount of time each day. It's what we do with our time that makes the difference. But isn't it amazing that two different people can make such different use of the same amount of time. Back to Ben Franklin. Franklin said, Lost time is never found again. And it's true. Night shadows fall, and the sun goes down when the day is done, and the earth spins round, and the day is gone. And once the day is gone, You never get it back. There are only so many hours in the day. And there are only so many days in your life. Psalm 139.16 says this, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Each of us only gets a certain amount of time on this earth, and that time is ordained by God. Some of us live long, healthy lives, while other people's lives are cut short. Now, if God gives you 70 years, that adds up to about 26,000 days. And that may seem like a lot, but compared to eternity, it is only a breath. It's gone. And so the Bible teaches you to view your life as brief and quickly passing. David writes in Psalm 39, for, show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days let me know how fleeting is my life. Or as we read earlier in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days are right that we may gain a heart of wisdom. A number of years ago, a company called Ticker created what they called the Death Countdown Watch.
1: It's like, oh yeah, i got to have
0: one of those, right? What you do is you buy the watch and then you fill out this questionnaire. You you answer all of these questions to determine your life expectancy. Then you enter that number into your watch. Then every day when you look at your watch to see what time it is, you also see right there a running countdown, counting down of how many years, months, days, hours, minutes, and seconds you have until you die. Isn't that wonderful? That's a great gift to get someone for their birthday, right? Or for Christmas. Unbelievable. Now, I think that's a horrible idea, okay? I don't think God wants you to be obsessed with this. He doesn't want you to be morbidly walking around with a death countdown watch, which doesn't work anyways, right? It's just a guess. God gets the final say in how long you live in this world. But God does want you to number your days aright that you may gain a heart of wisdom. And knowing that your time on earth is limited will help you to make wise decisions concerning the time you have left. As Coach Vince Lombardi once said, I never lost a game. I just ran out of time. And so the first step in making your time count, ironically enough, is counting your time. Your days are numbered, so number your days. Number your days aright, that you may gain a heart of wisdom. That's principle number one. Second principle this morning is this. There is a time for everything, so manage your time well. There's a time for everything, so manage your time well. We read from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 earlier. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And then he goes on in that beautiful poem to talk about a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, and so on. And it's a beautiful poem. It's a beautiful reminder that there's a right time and a right season for everything. You just need the wisdom, right, to match the right activities with the right times. And that's what we mean by managing your time well. And this is where it's important that you learn to seek God's kingdom first. That you get your priorities straight and in order and you seek God's kingdom first. Some people spend their whole life climbing the ladder and they get to the top only to discover that's leaning against the wrong wall. And they go, what was that all about? You need to make God's priorities your priorities. Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Make sure the tasks on your calendar line up with God's overall purposes for your life. Are you loving God and serving others? Are you working hard to provide for your family? Are you getting adequate rest and exercise? Do you make personal time each day for the word of God and prayer? Do you worship regularly with your church family on a weekly basis? all part of seeking God's kingdom first. It's also important that you find God's balance in your time. God's balance in your time. And we need to be careful that we do not import our cultural values of time onto this whole idea of managing our time, right? Here in the United States, as soon as we hear those words, time management, we, our minds immediately go to... to a. It, productivity, right? Productivity. How, how can I be the most productive? How can I squeeze the most out of each hour? And you know, there are times when productivity is the right goal for the task before us. But praise God, we're not the only culture in the world. And there are other cultures who remind us that there are other values attached to time. And for many cultures, the most important value of time is not how productive you are, it's not how much you get done, but it is relational. It's how much time are you spending with other people. And this completely changes the way we look at time. I remember learning this lesson back in seminary. Uh, I was given the assignment to visit a number of churches in Boston in the city uh, of various ethnic backgrounds. I think I had to visit five different churches on five different Sundays. And so Rosie and I went to, we did a lot, but the one I'm remembering is we visited this church that came from an island background. And some of you are from an island background, you will appreciate this story. The sign said that the service started at 10 a.m. And so Rosie and I, like good Westerners, we arrived 10 minutes early and got out our Bibles and our seats and looked at the worship guide and looked around and we were the only two people in the entire church sanctuary. 10 o'clock got there. We're still the only ones there. 10, 10, a couple people walk through, wave, walk out again. 10, 20, more people are beginning to sit down. 30 minutes late, I finally go up to someone. I said, excuse me, I thought, you know, maybe, summer hours, maybe things have changed. I said, excuse me, can you tell me what time the service starts? Their answer was a classic. They said, why, when the people get here, of course. (laughs) Which, when you think about it, makes a lot of sense. Why would you start the service if there's nobody there? Why would you begin the service before the people get there? Sort of like... We do. (laughs) We we start our service whether you're here or not. It makes you think. And the point of this is that managing your time well is not just about productivity. It's about balance. There's a time to work hard, and there's a time to rest. There's a time to focus on projects, and there's a time to focus on people. As Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has made everything Beautiful in its time. Time is a gift from God. And God has given you sufficient time to accomplish everything He has called you to do in your life. So that's our second principle this morning. There's a time for everything. So manage your time well. And then our third principle is this. The days are evil, so be careful how you live. We find this in Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. Paul writes, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. The days are evil. That simply means that we live in a sinful world where sinful choices are made each day and that each of those sinful choices defile God's good gift of time. And it's because of that, because the days are evil, that God urges you to be careful how you live. there are three applications I want us to see that we can draw out from these verses in Ephesians. First of all, Paul states it right up front. Live as wise, not as unwise. Now, that includes everything we've already spoken about, right? That includes numbering your days aright. That includes managing your time well. But it also means avoiding sinful, harmful, wasteful decisions. It is one thing to misuse the time God has given you. It is another thing to abuse God's good gift of time. These are evil days. Temptations abound. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so you need to watch out, you need to be careful. That's why Paul writes in Romans chapter 13. He says, And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. Not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. These commands for right living are all given to us within the context of time. The time that God has given you, the time that you have remaining. The days are evil, so be careful how you live. Live as wise, not as unwise. Secondly, Ephesians says, make the most of every opportunity. That's our second application from this principle. If time is a limited resource, then you want to make the most of every moment. And the word that's translated here, make the most of, it's an economical term from economics. It it literally means to purchase or to redeem. That's why some Bible versions have redeeming the time here. You may have heard that phrase, redeem the time. Carl Sandburg said, time is the coin of your life. It is the only coin you have and only you can determine how it will be spent. Be careful lest you let other people spend it for you. So how do you redeem the time? How do you make sure that you are spending the coin of your life wisely? When we look at scriptures, we find a number of things. First of all, be sure to spend time with family and friends. Family is so important in the Bible. Parents, spend time with your children. You know how you always hear people say, man, those years go by so fast. You know why they always say that? Because it's true. <laughs> Those years go by so fast. And parents, your children need you in their lives. I like what Dr. Anthony Whitman Witham said about this. He said, Children spell love this way T I M E. Time. Time. There's no better way to communicate your love to your child than to spend time with him or her. And then secondly, how do we make the most of every opportunity? Learn to live in the present. Don't waste time worrying about the future, regretting the past. You only have each moment as it comes, so make the most of each one. There's an old family circle comic I like, uh, which was subcapt- subcaptioned this. It said, Yesterday's the past, tomorrow's the future, but today is a gift. And that's why they call it the present. <laughs> Isn't that nice? I like that. Receive every moment, every minute as a gift from God, and you will learn to live in the present the gift of God to you in this life. And then thirdly, the Bible says, enjoy the good things God has given you on this planet while you can. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Why? For in the grave where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. Do it while you're alive. There's an old, obscure song I like. I'm guessing none of you have ever heard it before. Uh, It's called, Go Ask the Dead Man. Yeah, I don't see any recognition on anybody's face. Let me share some of the lyrics with you, though. What's the worth of one warm smile? Go and ask the dead man. How bright the light in a loved one's eyes? Go ask the dead man. Where's the charm in cloudy skies? Go and ask the dead man. And then they sing, oh, (laughs) go ask the dead man. Verse 2, who has the eyes for an evening sun? Go and ask the dead man. The smell of earth, the sound of storms? Go ask the dead man. How intense is the lightest touch? Go and ask the dead man. Oh. (laughs) Go ask the dead man. Now for the Christian, there is life beyond the grave. But the point here is your time on earth is limited. You only have so much time for the things God has called you to do here. So make the most of every opportunity. How do you live carefully in these evil times? Live as wise, not as unwise. Make the most of every opportunity. And finally, number three, understand the Lord's will. That's where Paul ends up here in verse 17 from Ephesians 5. Understand the Lord's will. If you really want to uh, make your time count, then seek God's will on a daily basis. Now most of God's will for your life is clearly laid out for you in the scriptures. You can just read it, do what it says, okay? God will never lead you to do anything that is contrary to his revealed will in his word. But then ask him to lead you. Say, God, lead me today. Guide me in your steps. Guide me in your will. The book of James talks about the person who says You know, today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city. We'll spend a whole year there, carry on business, and make money. And what does James say in response? He says, why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Living carefully in evil times means you yield every action, every decision to the Lord's will. And then, of course, always leave room for God to change your plans, right? Proverbs 16, 9 says, In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. You know the old saying, right? You want to make God laugh? Just tell him your plans, right? See, God can overrule at any time, so let him. He knows better than you how best to apportion your time. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Well, our time... For this message, and actually for the whole series, has now come to an end. So, how do you make your time count? Follow these three principles, hold on to them. Your days are numbered, so, number your days. That's principle number one. Number two, there's a time for everything, so, manage your time well. Principle number three, the days are evil, so, be careful how you live. Only one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Time is a precious gift from God. Don't waste the time you've been given. Make your time count, both for now and eternity. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word, for the wisdom we find in your word, for the teaching and instruction, the guidance for our lives. Lord, we need this so much. And so, Lord, as uh, we close out this series, I pray that you would uh, help us to go back and maybe look at those outlines and review the different areas and these principles and and begin applying them in our lives, Lord. Lord, we want to make our lives count for you. And, Lord, we can do that with your help and with your word. So help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.